I don't have money to acquire the adventure and sticks. 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 I talked about. I'll go to Kobayakan. I can't go to cool.com cause that is something else I'll go to cool.com. Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another podcast of loathing. I'm your host, Jick slash Zach. And I'm Riff and also Riff. Uh, and I'm Hot Stuff and Kevin. I, we should just come up with some sort of new third name that we can all use. Like, gosh. How about I'm Riff, Riff is Riff, and you're Riff. Okay. That works, because that way people don't get confused and think there's two riffs, because right. there'll be six. Exactly. <laughs> um, riff, have you ever have you managed to get your parents to start calling you Riff yet? Uh, no, that seems like, you know, that that seems uh, 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 improbable. <laughs> Do you want them to call you Riff? Eh, I don't know. I think, I think that would be weird for them, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's not necessary. Do you want us to call you Riff? <laughs> Yeah, like we've just I been mean, calling you Riff, and like I've never actually asked no, if that's yeah, what that's you want. Fine. The, the the way the way I the way it works in my head is pretty much everybody calls me Riff except my parents and the government. Okay. So, is the government calling you? Because that's not good usually. Well, no. But when I have to deal with the government, I mean, probably like the water company is. I guess that's the government. That, yeah, that's the electric the company. Is like the, the dentist okay. counts as the government. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. So, are you living in the movie Brazil, <laughs> or a country with nationalized healthcare? Oh, right. That'd be nice. Which I wonder if that's also Brazil. Yeah. Okay. Right. I yeah. doubt it. I doubt yeah. they have nationalized healthcare. Yeah. But I have no idea. I saw a, like an indie game dev studio in Brazil, uh, like a sort of a co-working space. It looked really nice. Yeah. The pictures, at least, were awesome. Was everyone six foot five and gorgeous, super, super attractive? Yeah, probably. I, there were no people in the pictures, uh, at least not people I could like I, see. I imagine that that game dev studio is where the kind of dumpy, unshaven point zero zero one percent of the you think of the Brazilian population <laughs> gathers. I, you know, like too. <laughs> Uh, there, I have seen, I have met and and interacted with a ton of like attractive game devs. I think, I think that game devs well, run run the whole. He might say you're doing it right now, buddy. You might ah. say all of us are. <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, so I I prioritized a bunch of like sort of straightforward questions, largely about West of Loathing, and I was thinking that maybe what we could do with these is kind of take general questions, simple questions first, the way we started doing a couple of years ago, but then kind of fell off of. Okay. And then save the the esoteric for the end dives into KOL mechanics for those people until the until the back half of the show, maybe. That's fine. Or just not do it at all. Just never talk about Kingdom of Loathing again. How about this? How about uh. Instead of ending the show at any specific time, we just slowly fade the the audio down further and further until it just right, like, right, just masking the impenetrable nonsense with silence. Yeah, basically until yeah, like there, there's still stuff going on like three hours later, but it's just oh almost right, it's just hours and hours and hours long. Or yeah. we could just say we're gonna do that and then <laughs> append to several hours of silence and watch people try to freak well, out. It's like slightly watch like some try white to noise freak out. That's or some like gray noise or whatever. What what? How many different colors of noise are there? There's like brown noise, white noise, pink noise. Pink noise. Yeah. There's blue noise. There's blue notes. 
there's the kind kind of bloop. Yeah, kind there's, of bloop. Um, we might get to a chance to hang out with uh, the creator of kind of bloop. Oh right, I always forget that that Andy Bayo made kind of bloop. He's like lived in like tw- he's like twelve different lives. It seems like yeah. He's been a, he's been a big deal on the internet since so many times since the internet. Yeah, is <laughs> that like old Stove Jobs? <laughs> right. Stove Jobs didn't really care about the internet. You don't think? Neither did Biff Gates. They were like, the internet's going nowhere. iPods are where it's at. Who could mean need? Surf- who could ever mean need more than what? Two hundred fifty-six k of internet. Six hundred forty k of internet. Yeah. No, no, that's memory. Like, oh, I see. The internet, internet's even less important. Yeah, you need less I got internet because it's everywhere. I got new internet at my house, and I paid for a higher speed than I had before, and it works. It's higher speed than it was before. Is the porn 200 better? 200 megabits per second down. 200? Yeah. That's really fast. 200 megs down. It's still like a 10 or 11 up, which That's is fine. Yeah, it's fine. How fast can you but, upload uh, porn, really? Uh, not Yeah, not, I mean, fast enough, right? I, I, I tend to make it pretty blurry to begin with, so okay. a low bit rate on it doesn't really, doesn't doesn't really hurt anything. Yeah. yeah. I um, th- you're supposed to put lube on the lens to make everybody look more attractive, right? Well, and to make the whole scenes <laughs> slide by faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. To make them easier to swallow. <laughs> this, this, this. Wait, are they not? Are they not scenes? They've got. They're still scenes. It still counts as scenes. It still counts as so. framing. Yeah. He's still. There's still, still camera work involved. This is this is a profession that people have. That no, like, you don't want to serious think about people. That, work. You don't want you don't want to see like whenever you see a visible boom mic, you're like, oh god, there's like four. There's four Did you indie say a, game devs. A visible watching. boob mic? Yes, yeah, a that's, visible that's boob mic. That's what I mic. nearly heard. Yeah. Boob boob mic is the guy who uh, <laughs> makes sure the make sure the boobs are okay. Is that like, the, like a fluffer position, but for boobs? Uh, that's not real. What the fluffer isn't yeah, real? I don't think that's real. I feel like if you had trouble maintaining an erection, you, the, the solution the is that you? You are, you're fired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As a porn star. Ow. Uh, no, the porn's the same. Okay. It's still, uh, still just, uh, plentiful and free. still just like 200, uh, 200 pixel wide AVIs from, <laughs> from the mid nineties. Um, feeling nostalgic, huh? <laughs> yep. Oh, nostalgia porn. Uh, that's right. Grundleshunt writes, is there any interesting story behind the asymmetric logo? No, it's, well, there's um, a, it's like story. There's a little bit of a, a, a point of contention. Uh, whenever I make it, it's in Arial and oh, whenever, yeah. uh, whenever Kevin makes it, it's in syntax. Syntax. I see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so, so I, so on the internet, it's like on the internet, on the website, it's slightly different than all of our printed materials yeah, and, and it's like fine. All the, the, the printer stuff works better. So I made the, like during the time that Word Realms was being developed, I sort of decided that we needed a website. Yeah, like asymmetric.net was always nominally the company's website because it was linked to if you clicked on our name in KOL, but it was like just my blog basically, which I mean it was like some terrible did you joke is that still accessible somewhere somewhere yeah there's okay. a way to get to it right. um asymmetric.net slash old site old. or something yeah a lot of it doesn't work i mean a lot of it didn't work for a really long time anyway because it was all like server side include pearl stuff oh, that wow. didn't ever work and i never i never updated like my 1995 website to run on php um so I just, I made that in a hurry without asking anyone. Cause I knew that if I, I knew that if I tried to run ideas past anybody else, that it would, it would never just get deadlocked. And so yeah. I was like, all right, I'm just going to shit out a website in an hour and like people are going to hate it, but it's fine. But then everybody kind of liked it. Yeah. So it's, it's like super functional. I, I thought it was very like elegant, straightforward. 
so but that but that was where the logo came from was just the header of that website and i don't know if the, i don't know if you intended that to become the logo but i just started using that like uh like as our branding so like that became the letterhead um we never we don't really have like business cards with that logo on it but when we had to come up with like a studio title card for uh word realms i, I guess it's in word realms but maybe not uh, but when we had to do a studio t- title card for master swords we use that um and then we used it again. It doesn't work as well against a black background. Uh, so that's probably, you know, like if we were like really on brand, we would probably have like a version of it for black backgrounds as well as well as white backgrounds. Well, wait, we have it's on a black background when you launch West of Logan. It is. You're right. So and I, you don't it doesn't look like a logo that same way because it looks like the word asymmetric floating there and then a just a gray box which kind of looks like uh, a bug <laughs> i see so it's, yeah, it is a gray box it's, it's like a black box next to a gray box or something on a on a or just the the words in uh the words in black on a white background oh, for yeah. for yeah. which yeah. would also work it, like i don't think i think we're pretty agnostic about that I, I didn't even think about it until it was because we didn't put the title at card until like the last day it looks, it looks fine i mean it's an, it was intentionally like it is the logo itself is it's asymmetric, exactly, which is uh, fine, right? Which is the, was the point. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and we also we, we sort of while the company name is technically Asymmetric Publications LLC, uh, I I at least have just begun sort of shorthanding that as Asymmetric, yeah, just, just because asymmetric, it's yeah, it just we're not a publishing company. It yeah, just, like Asymmetric Publications Limited was what the fake thing that I credited like one of my very first personal websites to, it was just the asymmetric gazette. There was right. a newspaper and I just liked the words and I wanted to make a web page that looked like a newspaper. Uh, and then when I formed the company, I was like, Oh, asymmetric publications limited. And they're like, well, you don't, you can't name companies limited anymore. It has, to, I think that was maybe British or that's what, that's what I would think of the LTD. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. In the U S it's LLC. So, but I mean, the first L is limited. So yeah, no, I know. I know okay. I, it was as close as I could get, but, um, um, ladies love corporations. That's true. Okay. They do. I mean, really like our accountant is a lady. She loves that we're a corporation because yep. that allows her to do our taxes. We should probably tell her that we made some money this year. Yeah. She's going to want us to like pay taxes right, and stuff. Pay ta- God, fine. Charlene, if you insist, why is it, man, if it wasn't for her, we would have so much more money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how that works. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we were because when we filed taxes last year, uh, we had paid a bunch of estimated taxes. Yeah, you always pay estimated taxes. Made a lot less your, money than money we the previous year estimated. We just spent and we spent so much more money that year. Yeah, because that was when we were the first full year of development on on West of Loathing. Where we well, paying, yeah, when we we're paying everybody, paying everybody more. Yeah, um, and. This so like we just so we were like well we have zero idea how this game is gonna do and we don't want to pay a couple quarters of estimated tax based on not knowing anything so we we didn't pay any additional estimated tax and so we'll see yeah I mean we don't have any of the money yet like that's we true don't, we don't We've get not any of any the money, money from Steam until it's still imaginary internet dollars at this point that's we don't true. get any money from Steam until the end of this month Correct. I guess and I think we I think we only get August and yeah. which is a nice chunk yeah. but it's not it's yeah. not all the sales yep. Um, Grundleshan also wrote, can you give a brief rundown of who did what for West of Loathing? Yes, I can. Um, the credits are actually pretty, the credits are complete, pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
I did. You like, directed. Oh, I directed. Uh, Ryan was the boom operator. Ryan was the boom operator. <laughs> Wes was the stunt coordinator. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess the like more simple one person jobs first. Uh, Wes was, Wes did all the animations. Yep. Um, so anytime you see anything that is moving around, uh, that's not just a sprite moving, yeah. not just still sprite just moving. Anytime you see like, yeah arms bending or whatever Wes Wes did all of that yeah so if you like if you like silly walking he is definitely yeah, the one Wes, Wes Cleveland lavish responsible for all of silly walking yeah um, and uh, Ryan Ike did the soundtrack and almost all of the sound effects almost all of the soundtrack sound too because like design. you did a little bit of music uh, in there yeah but I, I there's guess nothing on the actual soundtrack, soundtrack. Okay. I did I, I did I the played the jaw harp for the yeah. Dirtwater band, and I played all of the deliberately sort of annoying piano stuff for the right. millinery. It's pretty annoying. Um, yeah. But it is, I mean, sometimes I'll just sit and listen to that Cotton Eye Joe because Cotton Eye Joe is good. It is. Even in that form, it's still <sighs> a really good song. Okay. Um, so I guess you could say that I did the most important parts of the sound uh, design. Sure. Um, and we did, we did a bit, like a little bit of our own sound effects and foley early yeah. on. Yeah. We didn't do any foley. Well, um, I guess when I say we, I mean like you and Victor did the. Um, I guess foley is like creating. Foley is sounds. actually making this. Like, we didn't I, make any of those sounds. No, I I did. That's every, all like yeah. It was all libraries. from a library that Wes has owned for. I see. We all have years. dumb horse noises in the game. That is true. That's true. Um, we did do some of that foley. Yeah. Um. Like the when when the when the squeaky uh, stagecoach goes by, though I did not do any of that Axel Foley. (laughs) 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 Um, Let's see. Continuing on, Victor uh, Thompson was the is the uh, engine programmer. So yeah, uh, he made the Unity project. Did a tremendous amount of work in more or less every element of the way that the game works. I think there was a ton of stuff that he did without being asked and without us even really knowing about or understanding that has made the game so good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is why he's credited second in the credits because I feel like the game would just not exist without him even a little bit. Um, I thought it was because he was, uh, I thought we were going in reverse alphabetical order by first name. (laughs) No. <laughs> um, Chris Moyer made all of the backend tools for uh, for us to develop the content, which we just do on a web page. Yeah, uh, the backend tools for West of Loathing are very, very similar to the backend tools for Kingdom of Loathing. Um, and he also did all the like network infrastructure for us to like work on stuff together. Yeah, like, integration with Dropbox. And- yeah, he set up. Uh, the, so like the the fact that I was able to just like save a sprite and then hit a key in the engine. Uh, and have that sprite be in the game, um, yeah. Like in, all the, in a matter of seconds, was work that Victor and and Chris Moyer did together to the JSON to exports and the stuff. sprite yeah. work. Yeah, and... all the data gets exported through a thing that that Chris wrote, and he pre parses all of the script stuff and delivers it to Victor in a way that's uh, kind of like object code, I guess. Sure. Uh, um. Riff, Riff, uh, Riff did Riff like designed the circus, designed a, a bunch of other encounters. Basically, anything having to do with c- clowns, Riff designed. So the <laughs> yeah. tannery, the tannery, and the yeah, the clown the tannery. Camp and I stuff. consider that part yeah. of the circus. It's okay, and, uh, um, the ghost town, Ghostwood. Yeah. yeah, Ghostwood. You did all that. Ghostwood's you my d- fault. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
you did a you did other stuff here and there. Like yeah. you you did you did like I I I've typically told people that you probably did eighty percent of the writing and yeah. I did the other twenty percent. Um, That's pretty much a lot of like if it was I feel like if it was dialogue I wrote it and if it was like uh, uh, item description skull descriptions you wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually That's flat flat text or, or text but... text you got from like using a machine or whatever. I usually wrote. Yeah. Um, all the all the stuff in Kellogg Ranch, except for the conversation with Kellogg, I wrote. I'm just trying to think of like like yeah. chunks. All the El Vibrato stuff I wrote. Um, I the only dialogue that I wrote much. Of, I guess I wrote the owl guy. Okay, uh, that's funny. And the, the the responses on that one. The like, uh, oh, man, I wish that I had so fucking. I good. wish that we had done more of that. Yeah, like where you just had multiple things that you could say that were funny that all went to the sip because that's so cheap, right? Like that is such yeah. a cheap way to get more jokes in. Yeah, uh, I love it. I wrote like the initial conversations on the on your farm and some of okay. the, and then well, I would say by Boring Springs we were we were splitting it the way that we split it. Um, I wrote like four jokes or something you d- you wrote some you wrote some puzzles uh, yeah. i guess you're i, I guess wrote a lot of the tech almost all the text and all the in the puzzles i wrote i guess i did myself except for uh, the granny one which riff came in and cleaned up because i couldn't make it interesting or funny so kevin was producer which and also like i was like a bad producer QA. i want to say well until the la- until the end yeah, I mean, I, what what would in an ideal world you would have had the same amount of work to do, but it would have been distributed over two years instead of happening all in the last like three months. three months or yeah. six months. Yeah, um, but but a lot of your work just couldn't be done until everybody else was done, right? Like sure. once we had a big spreadsheet where I would more or less consistently sign off when I said, "Okay, I think this room is done." Uh, this room has its scripts. This room is laid out the way that it's going to be. This room's art is all done. This room's writing is all done. And then at that point, Kevin would play through it. And you did a lot of like script fixing. You did, I did a ton a, of like yeah. just polish stuff. I, I, I would go into every scene. I would like move a lot of elements around to make click to move better, to make the like just the sort of like graphical layout of the scene a little bit more com- like complete. Um, and then I, would, I, I touched a lot of I touched a lot of stuff, uh, but in very small ways. Like I would fix like a bunch of typos, and I would fix a bunch of like dialogue that didn't make sense because it didn't play out the way that it was supposed to. And like, I, yeah, like cases where the character talks about something that they don't actually know about yeah. based on what's happened and stuff like that. Yeah, I fixed a lot of just little stuff like that. That's like, and that's I'm really happy that you did that because man, is that kind of shit just my least favorite <laughs> work to do. Uh, yeah, I feel like the the division of responsibility there went really went really well. Like, and I did I sort of like managed the QA. I like I did a couple of QA passes myself, and then um, we had. Probably 50 beta testers of some degree. Uh, yeah, and you kind of collated all of their feedback and, and fixed bug most reports of it. and fixed most of like, yeah, m- like at that point, most of the bugs that were like by the time we got it out in front of testers, most of what was coming in was stuff that Kevin was able to fix because yeah. we had really like Victor had done his more of his job prior to that than yeah. the rest of us had. So there like, were a handful all of the scripted issues, content and stuff that we were stuff. adding during the la- that like big sun- kind of six month Push. crunch um, was where a lot of the bugs came in because it was like stuff that had been like barely tested or not tested. Like we just like wrote this like, ah, it'll be fine. You know, or I, I went through the conversation once and it was broken if you did it in a different order or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and you coordinated with our PR person and dealt with all of that stuff. Yep. You did all of the work necessary to get the game on Steam. I did the press kit. Um, yeah, all of the all of the like marketing materials and all of that stuff. That I did. I read. I, like Emily, our PR person hand, handled like sending out the press releases and stuff like that. But then I reached out to probably 50 people individually in the hopes that some of them would talk about the game. Everything's 50 with you. Yeah. It's about 50. Um, yeah. If you, if you're making a narrative game and you want somebody to do PR for you, you could do a lot worse than Emily Morganti. Yeah. She's um, great. Yeah. Uh, um, Duncan Robson made the trailers for us, yeah, all three of them. Right. Uh, and by and large was very self-directed on those. Like he would, make a draft he'd show them to us we would make a couple of suggestions yeah but it was always great it was always it was always in really good shape by the time that it got to us yeah he's uh, he's definitely got the right kind of sensibilities for for that it i mean really that was kind of true of everybody everyone. yeah like we got so i mean partly lucky partly like experience had kind of taught us how to like identify people that we weren't going to be able to work well with uh and yeah just there was Everyone was basically able to operate with a hundred percent trust placed in them and, yeah. and just not have to worry about anything being bad. Except I did change one of Riff's fart jokes into a burp joke. <laughs> there was one fart joke. God damn. Yeah, I feel like that no. joke about the guy who fucks the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and then Dan Bob, uh, came on as like a volunteer uh, QA beta tester and then just sort of went above and beyond and, and yeah. really uh, he became just sort of like the the point person on doing a bunch of QA passes. And, but by the end, it was a lot of him playtesting stuff, me fixing stuff, him verifying that it was fixed. Yeah. Which was, which was super great. Cause I, we got no lucky way. that we, we would not have been able to do that if it wasn't a summer launch yeah. because uh, Dan is a, as a high school teacher and, and, uh, it just and, happened and to it have just time to be off. in summer break when yeah. when we were doing all this. The game would the game would have been a lot worse, honestly, if if he had if that if the timing had not worked out like that and he had yeah. not been available. Like it, he he made a huge difference. Yeah. So. You would have get, gotten down to zero hours of sleep a night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I was pretty functional on three hours of sleep a night for a long time. You were happy, that was for sure. Like it, it was great. It, like yeah, I, that's. I don't know. I wasn't too. I wasn't in too bad a shape emotionally during the time when I was working the hardest, but I also like, I mean, crunch for me is like, fuck, I worked an entire eight or nine or 10 hour day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me. every day for every day for six months, but like, yeah. but still like, it's not like, it's not like the stories you read about when like somebody at EA talks about crunch because like, we know better than to try to yeah. put in a 20 hour day doing, doing the stuff that Riff and I do at yeah. least. Yeah. Cause you, you can't be yeah. creative. You, you can't make funny jokes. 12 hours a day i can barely make it a whole eight hours a day doing anything yeah yeah and i mean we just typically don't right i mean the only reason the only reason that i just on a normal week put in the number of hours that i do is because i have a bunch of stuff to do that like art that i can do without thinking about like i just don't have to it's kind of like just fidgeting while resting qa stuff like the stuff especially when i was doing my my just sort of personal passes over the game it was a lot of like it's like little puzzles to solve. It's like, okay, this is broken. Why is it broken? How is it broken? Sometimes it's obvious, but a lot of times it's not. And like doing that 20 hours a day is like awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, I could just solve puzzles all the time. And so when it, when it sort of played out like that, it was great. So um, make, make more 
problems. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. Yeah. I, I am not getting any better at my job moving forward. So, um, and my job, uh, speaking of which, I guess, uh, I ultimately like sort of decided what almost everything was Creative in direction. the game and how stuff, uh, how stuff played out. And like, I would like say, all right, here's a guy. Maybe his gimmick is this quirk. There yeah, you go, Riff. Write that. Like a ton of that was, was super good. Like the, like we say I wrote like 80% of the stuff, but like I never would have thought to have a goblin doing Hamlet soliloquy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wrote that, but that was your idea and it t- came out great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, you know, you and I are a pretty good team in that regard because yeah. you don't, you don't mind working under the amount of direction that I want to give for a creative thing. Um, so we, like, Riff and I worked out, like, all right, here's the map. Uh, and I, I mean, I had, like, sort of decided in broad strokes what it was. I kind of want to scan and post that initial design yeah. doc that I made because it is, almost entirely delivered on like there's very little stuff that actually changed that's great um from that um but yeah i i I sort of like sketched out the overall arc of it and then we were just like uh okay so what are we gonna how are we gonna do this all right el vibrato stuff is all in the kind of north part of the map and uh, you know there's a cemetery everywhere and and uh something that i wouldn't do again in that process is have like just big loose ends as late as we had loose ends because i feel like there were some kind of failures to deliver on that uh, so yeah i mean i feel like the the consistent feedback was people were dissatisfied with the endings of yeah. all the different plot threads more or less and con- they were sort of dissatisfied with combat in general you never get to see delilah you, d- you also can never get to see delilah yeah um, um there's a huge irritating boring sewer maze in the <laughs> in the third act of it yep it's just um so those are i mean those i feel like those are areas that we should spend a little bit more time thinking about in the yeah. future yeah and a little less time thinking about our fatty gut <laughs> right <laughs> for for people who hear me talk about that all the time uh there uh, i think one time Kevin posted a picture to Twitter of me like shaving off a beard or something. And it was a picture of me without my shirt on. And somebody replied to the tweet and said, uh, Zach should spend a little more time thinking about his game and a little less time thinking about his fatty gut. (laughs) And it's really, it's really stuck stuck with with me as a piece of feedback. Yeah. Um, it's also just a funny dichotomy because it's like, A, A, those are not like the two options for what I'm thinking about. B, that's not how you get fat, right? Just sitting there thinking, thinking about, about your it. gut. Yeah, like adds calories. It's, it was pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good as far as humiliating uh, <laughs> internet insults go. Uh, anyway, uh, I did all the art too. So yeah. that is... That is, I think, a role that would normally be a whole person. Person, uh, but in our case, it didn't need to be because uh, you know, look at it. Well, so I mean, I feel like you touched almost every part of it, right? So you did, you know, uh, the vast swaths of the design. You did uh, some, you know, quite a bit of the writing, all the art. You did some of the music. Like you definitely provided the direction for the music to Ryan. 
Um, I didn't do any of the engine code. You that, didn't. that is one thing that I didn't touch at all. Right. Um, I, mean, I didn't, didn't touch scripting animation myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like we basically have an engine that supports a, a scripting language that was originally developed for KOL for everybody to be able to make like sort of simple interactive content in KOL yeah. uh, that that just grew to become this insane thing. Wolverine. Swole. <laughs> I like swole better. I mean, I like. I don't understand we why. The difference and do swolverine. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, bro, do you even snicked? <laughs> uh, Data Vortex writes. Uh, West of Loathing. Did anybody else contribute bits and pieces to the writing? Any writing cameos or jokes you borrowed from interesting people? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. We I mean, we did a couple of references to other stuff in there, like. Uh, I, I, there's an, you can meet, uh, Angus McDonald from the Adventure Zone podcast in, yeah. uh, in the train at the end, but I, I, I missed that completely. I just, well, yeah, I just thought that that was Encyclopedia Brown oh, because yeah. I've never read any Encyclopedia Brown and I've never listened to the Adventure Zone. So, I mean. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that was, I mean, I wrote that myself. It was just somebody else's character. I, I don't, I can't think of any, any actual jokes that we borrowed from anybody. I think I'd be open to like guest author sections yeah. in the future for stuff. Yeah. Like, I think the with our plan for the next game, oh, man. that would lend itself really, really well to like bite sized yeah. guest authorship. Like I would love to see if Alexis Kennedy wanted to, Anna to Picard. do a thing for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like Emily, Emily Short. Short. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it would be super a cool. A lot of people that it would be really awesome. Like if they are doing like, interest, interest sort of like, you know, mo- moderate scale freelance writing games. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yep. Super into that. Um, but yeah, next, next game in Jerusalem. Yeah. It takes place in Jerusalem, which means there are a, <laughs> a lot of different tones. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. We've got, we've got a wailing wall. We've got a, the crickets are different. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? There's something called a Jerusalem cricket. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Yeah. It, <laughs> Let's see. Oh, why does the internet keep so going out? Is is the Jerusalem cricket just like a different form of the game of cricket? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Astoria says, "Will there be a fourth class for West of Loathing, like a secret unlockable or STH? Does S is STH something? Est? Hmm. Uh, no, there will not be a fourth class added. That would be that would be real rough. Um, it would that would." Require touching almost every script in the game, it feels like. Yeah, I wonder. Anything that has like a conversation, because I assume we would make a fourth yeah. conversation skill. Yeah, I would need a fourth conversation skill. And that would it, be huge. Yeah, that would be a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. Um, unless it was like, this is the class that the, the, Silent. the mute swordsman. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, the mime. The yeah. Sword, sword mime. God, how would yeah. like a mime? Land mime. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Um, yeah. Nick says, what was your favorite thing to listen to while working on West of Loathing? Alternatively, what was your favorite thing to drink while working on West of Loathing? I probably drank more Manhattans than anything else. I mean, in beer, I guess, because... Yeah. <laughs> There's always I would, that. I would concur with that beverage I, assessment. At the end, I went off my caffeine oh, hiatus yeah, for soda. a week or two and just stayed awake the whole time. <laughs> I very rarely worked while drinking, but it was some of the best work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like often if I had spent a day doing art or coding or whatever, and I was like, all right, it's time to like, I'm 
my brain is still spinning super fast, but it's like time to leave. I would just like go to a bar with a sheet of paper and a pen and like sketch out an area that hmm. I'd been trying to trying to like cohere in my head. Um, Did you save all those sheets of paper? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Got I it. think you should save that. You should scan stuff and you, but you should save that up for a talk. That would be a good place to reveal yeah. all that stuff. And then you can post it afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Put it, putting some of that stuff in slides would be good. Yeah. yeah. I, I have scans of all of the, Jake was, uh, at PAX was suggesting doing a coffee table book that was just, that was a square and the left eight and a half by 11 of each page was one of the sheets. Like, cause I, with the West of Loathing art, especially all of the sheets of art are entire sheets of paper that I've just crammed like, every inch of it with with art right uh and then just mar like marginalia on the rest of the thing about what this oh, was about it um, okay i don't know that i think that that would actually be any good uh or of, of any real interest to anybody but it would be kind of a fun because the arts is the art is not like the stuff that i draw the it's distance weird. between the stuff i draw yeah. and the stuff that ends up on the screen is significant sometimes well, especially given, so like this, this is such a minor detail, but is important to us and was hugely important for our process was that, um, in KOL, you had to, anytime you really wanted something different, you basically had to redraw it. You could, you could tweak stuff a little bit in paint shop or whatever, but yeah, it was very hard. To it was hard. Edit. It's very hard to edit KOL art because it's done. It's scanned already anti-alias. Yeah. It's, and that is, a thing that I did not want to deal with. And also I had to scan stuff for West of Loathing at a much higher resolution anyway, just to have it be larger reasonable. Um, and so the, we made a fundamental change in, in the transition between the two games where we, well, where we, where Zach draws stuff and then he scans it literally in two bits. It's, it's a white and black and white. And then at, everything is edited at extremely high resolution at, with just, just black pixels black and, white. and white pixels, which means you can do a lot. You can fix yeah. a lot of things yep. and it's very quick and dirty and it's great. Yeah. And you can like, you know, in, in KOL, if you wanted to like add another little detail, you, you just could not possibly draw it with a mouse. You yeah. would have to copy and paste it somewhere I, else. I like do it you can time. do a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. But, um, but that meant that I could go in and fix, I, like I went and there's probably, well, so I did all the like, I didn't draw them, I guess, but I created all the like conversation, like oh, set yeah, of conversation the, yeah. sprites. A lot of a lot of the whenever you see a picture in a dialogue frame, sometimes that is systemically being created based on like if the thing that you're talking to is pictured in the scene as an element mm -hmm. with the system that lets us swap out heads and hats, then you can just say, "Give me a portrait of this." element in yeah. the scene and it will just render a copy of it there for stuff that doesn't work like that, all the wandering the adventures in particular the what all the wandering like all when you go when you have a random encounter uh, out in the world there is no there is no character like it's just sort of a yeah, when the dialogue is happening yeah the, the 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 character that you would see if you were fighting doesn't actually exist yeah. so those just had to be made as still images so i, would, I did those Static but it was like it was really easy for me to to create art that way and then i would i i went through and like made variants on stuff that zach had drawn in a handful of times just to have some some variety variety yeah what was your favorite thing to drink while working on west of loathing riff uh nothing really different from what i usually been drinking just like soda water, ovaltine soda water and monster energy beverages 
So you, do you recreationally drink alcohol? Like, I know you occasionally will I have, do, like, yeah, a... yeah, on occasion. Yeah, like, I will socially, and I keep, like, a bottle of gin on the counter just in case I feel like it one night. But... Gin and tonic, or just, like, uh, straight gin? No, not straight gin. Generally, uh, uh, like, I'll get, like, some lemonade soda or something and do, like, a more or less like Tom, a Tom Collins. Collins. Yeah, yeah, sort of like a That's... fake Tom Collins. Okay. Uh, as far as listening to, I listened to, so for the first half of development, I listened to a, a lot of the Bastion soundtrack. Like that was just yeah. the thing that I listened to a lot while working. I had like working. a playlist that was the, the Bastion soundtrack and the Red Dead Revolver or no, possibly Redemption. Red Dead Redemption? Yeah. One of those soundtrack and, uh, and the soundtrack from the Hateful Eight. Mm. I, I approached Darren Korb. A couple of years ago to do music for us, and he said that he was busy doing super giant too stuff. expensive. Well, no, he just said it was too busy. He yeah. wasn't. He didn't. Wasn't interested in other stuff. But yeah. Like, um, yeah, no, that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, Ryan is awesome. Yeah, no, I have no I, regrets. Like, I don't ever want to work with anybody other than Ryan if we yeah. don't have to again. Because um, I, I don't think I've ever met Darren Corb, but he can't be as as co-aligned with our sensibilities. I don't know. He's a pretty good, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he writes Bastion soundtracks and doesn't afraid of anything. <laughs> Cause like when they, so like when they made Bastion, like they had no money, right? Like that was a shoestring operation. And like he was recording Logan's, uh, VO stuff in his closet in mm. New York and stuff. Like it was just, it was like very, very lo-fi. Uh, and did did just such they pulled it off like it doesn't look yeah. it doesn't seem like that at all. No, and that soundtrack, man, just every bit of it. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to anything with words while I'm working. Yeah, I and, except doing a lot of the Bastion soundtrack because yeah, there's like a couple songs with yeah. singing that although those eventually kind of faded into the background for me, and mm-hmm. I would realize oh that whole song with singing went by, and I was just still writing. Yeah, I can't write. I can't write or code. If music has words, yeah, um, and if and if I'm lis- and if I'm doing art and I'm going to listen to something with words, I'll usually just listen to a podcast instead of uh, uh, music. I when I was working, I was always just listening to the game because it was important to yeah, know when there were sound cues. And somebody stuff. had to, and that when I was <laughs> yeah. when I was when I was play testing, like then yeah. I then I listened to to all of it. But um, also, the sound design pass happened way really? late in development. So, yeah. but the music I needed, I, I needed to know if the music got irritating yeah and it didn't ever for me which i mean not that i'm particularly prone to that but like no i think it's good i mean we haven't had anybody like well i don't know they would tell us they would just turn the volume down right Mm -hmm. like we just let you turn the music off and that's fine um i so uh, and then after after that so like i had this just general set i have a just a directory in my dropbox of mp3s called work and music and it has the bastion soundtrack and it has the amelie soundtrack (laughs) and it has uh, Balint Mill playing uh, uh, Franz Liszt's uh, Hungarian Rhapsodies. Okay, um, which is just like, that's just like a like a cassette tape that my dad had that we just listened to a lot on road trips. I just really really like that. I really like Franz Liszt. Um, piano concertos are really good. Yeah, yeah. I have a uh, huge but I, directory of, of video game soundtracks just generally. That, that works out because they because they come in all different flavors, yeah, and generally don't have lyrics, and they're kind of meant to be backgrounded, right? Like yeah. by definition. Yeah. Um, 
But then, uh, but then, like halfway through, I switched away from that. I I signed up for Google Play Music because I was like trying to find a music streaming thing because I just wanted to be able to listen to arbitrary music hmm. without having to go to YouTube, uh, and that was the one that I landed on after trying out like Spotify and Apple Music and after RDO shut down, uh, and it had a like it has these like mood stations and huh. there is there is one that's like or there i guess they're called activities not not stations so one of them is like getting work like instrumentals for working i'm like oh that's what i want that's perfect and in there there was there are two stations one is uh american primitivism and one is acoustic guitar instrumentals which they what have a lot of primitive overlap i don't know it's a lot of like um, folk stuff yeah, it's a lot of like folksy and bluegrassy okay. guitar stuff. But it's all like pure instrumental. Yeah, yeah. Neat. The, the whole cool. the, like it's filtered by instrumental at yeah, the top yeah. level, and then it's like, do you want like techno or do you oh, want right. like like you know spooky uh, ambient? Uh, not spooky, but like, do you want like you know ambient like meditation music? I or, see. Um, that sounds you find good. meditation but spooky. How? Acoustic acoustic, acoustic guitar and instrumentals is real good. That's cool. How much does Google How? Music run? It's like 10 bucks a month, but it also includes a YouTube Red subscription, which oh. means that I never see ads on YouTube anymore, which That's is worth hot, I was kind of hours about of my time. YouTube Red anyways. Yeah. I think that when, I think when you get one, you get the other, but oh. uh, look into it. Um, and you can just run, I mean, Google Play Music just runs in Chrome, which is like, I would have been happy to use Apple Music, except in order to use it on a desktop iTunes. computer, you had to fucking install iTunes, which yeah. I won't. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, a lot of bluegrass stuff, a lot of, a lot of like just kind of random, like a single instrumental guitar song off of a movie soundtrack or whatever. Um, but I discovered this, this guitar player named Leo Kotke, who is yeah. still alive and to, do you, do you know? I know. Him? Kotke, oh yeah. man. He's, he's touring. Like he, I almost, he's, he's played with Ancha. Oh, my friend. Nice. Before. Yeah, I, I like. I'm hoping that he comes to hardly strictly bluegrass this year because I where he's is played it that? Before. It's in Golden Gate Park. Okay. Um, apparently, it's a shit show because it's free. So, oh, so it's just packed. It's just yeah, yeah like wall to wall people. But um, but yeah, no, he's just this like crazy fast finger style twelve string guitar player. Um, I think I've also seen some like YouTube videos with maybe, him doing just yeah. some. He's like stuff. in the sixties, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's an album that he has that, uh, that I also ended up just listening to this album on repeat a lot, which is just called six and 12 string guitar. Hmm. I think this Leo Kotke album. Yeah. Anyway, real good stuff. A lot of like kind of frenetic finger picky guitar stuff is what I, is what I landed on for most of the. What about like, so like, what, what do you think of like Spanish guitar? I like it. Like Narciso Yepes. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna, he was, he was, did I suggest him to you? Yeah. Before? Yeah. You, you would, you would send me some. He's one of my favorite albums. Yeah. It's real good. Players. I heard in, in that, uh, there was a, I forget if it was a reply all. It must have been a reply all, but it was about this woman who had an 800 number hooked up to her cell phone and would just constantly get these random, the phone would ring and then it would just be like random noises and stuff on the other end. Once that, the one like most famous Narciso Ypez song was playing in the background of one of these things. It turned out to just be some weird scam that just like auto dialed 800 numbers and got, I don't know. And played sounds at them? Yeah. It was just trying to trick people into staying on the line longer by being interesting. Like, or like being a mysterious thing that people would try to figure out. I forget exactly how it worked. I kind of faded in and out of listening to that episode. Anyway. Yeah. I'm 
currently listening to the uh the long distance episode of reply all and that is it's nuts <laughs> is that the one where they go to india to track yeah the, yeah man like, i'm like this is the most incredible like this is exactly what i would love to do like if i wasn't making video games i would love right. to be tracking down stuff like just like yeah just doing crazy like investigative journalism <laughs> yeah. and photography yeah that'd be it'd be so good yeah because you're kind of like a spy like right like you'd you'd be okay as a i don't know that i don't know like not the kind of spy that has to like you know Fight. Uh, right, maybe you could blend in at a fancy masquerade ball or something and, yeah. and find a way to get into the I don't have the I don't have any suaveness. But you can you can get into stuff. Oh, yeah. Like sure. you can get into stuff, you can gain <laughs> access to places you're not supposed sure. to have access to. That's true. And without like Yeah. I like I remember when we had like we only have two passes to this after this Comic Con after party, like the two of us that weren't you would use them because ah eh, Kevin will get in. It's like <laughs> I just found a different I just found a different door that came in here that wasn't being guarded. Like, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Um was that that was like the Guar show or something? Yeah, that was the the brutal legend launch party right. uh, that Damien got us invited to. Uh, That's where we met Jonas Vasquez. A, a Guar concert. Yeah. It's pretty good. It was. <laughs> um, I mean, the Guar concert was okay. It's right. it not something I would seek out. But that guy's dead now, so we can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Erectus Humongous or whatever that guy's name. Rick, Rictus. Erectus? What was his name? I don't something know. Humongous, wasn't it? Okay. I don't know. Now I'm mixing him up with um, Lord Humongous from... Oh, uh, maybe I am too. Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, anyway. They all, all of the members of the names of Guar sound like the names of characters yeah. from Mad Max movies. And I, just, I think it's probably not an accident. Um, I forget the woman who replaced him also has a pretty good name. Oh, neat. Um, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's what I'll, we've been I'll put it in to. the show notes that we don't have. Yeah, that's what. That, so that was like four questions and an hour. Yeah. So it's time for us to go to dinner and then record video games hot dog. But um, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that means we'll potentially have a backlog for a long time if we can yeah, continue a, to... a backlog of like reasonably straightforward west of loathing questions which is the thing i like talking about i know like maybe long time listeners who are i have no idea if we're getting new listeners from based on west of probably not look it's at the fine. science but yeah i mean i feel like even even people who've been listening to us for a long time care about what we're up to now and maybe don't know some of the very basic things about it but <laughs> we could, cool we can uh talk about our middle names next time oh, that's <laughs> and, true. Then, and then maybe like our social security numbers one number yeah. at a time <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Eh, I mean, Equifax already right gave, gave them away all of our information. Uh, well, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, just uh, steal our identities and send email to yourself. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. Later. <laughs>